Today on the next phase with Steve Key, an old friend and former colleague, Darren Deal, old broadcaster turned marketing and communication folks, that tends to be how we all go. Our paths first crossed in the 80s uh, when he was at Standard Broadcast News. I was sending audio stock market reports over to him uh, from the Toronto Stock Exchange. We worked together at, uh, at Sun Life. Uh, he was an AVP of digital. I was uh, on the communication side. And uh, today I'd, I'd say that quasi-retirement is uh, treating us both well. Uh, I met up with Darren for lunch last week. It was a long time coming. And, you know, he's a, he's a guy who's faced a number of health challenges. But there's this bulldog attitude that's helping him live his life to the fullest. So, I welcome you and and uh, and hello again, old friend. Thank you, Steve, and it's uh, it's a thrill to be on your podcast. Well, thank you. Um, trying to put this into a bit of context, uh, the last couple of years have been a whirlwind for you, and uh, you know, we chatted about this at lunch. You know, it started with some pain. You thought it was going to pass. Maybe maybe tell us a little bit of that story. Sure. Well, it was uh, in the pandemic in 2020, so we're going back to May of that year. And like many people who had been regularly exercising, I'd moved to the online mode with my trainer, and we were doing Zoom training sessions with uh, five or six students uh, of of his, clients of his. Um, And after one of them on a Sunday morning, I started not to feel well, but uh, couldn't really place what I was feeling. And, you know, it it seems incredible when I think about it now, but um, that was a Sunday and it wasn't until the Friday that um, my wife and I decided, you know, because it had had gone, I'd had different symptoms. I'd had some, a little bit of chest discomfort, but never, the word heart attack never entered my head um, or hers or anyone else in the family's. but I, you know, I had some upset stomachs, some headaches, and some different things like that throughout the week. And because that COVID was on everyone's mind at the time, finally I decided I'd call the Telehealth Ontario number, and they walked me through their COVID protocol. But at the end of it, the nurse sort of said, "Well, you know, I think maybe you've had a heart attack," and uh, which was a shocking thing to hear. And I didn't really quite believe it. She said, "I've decided to send an ambulance to your house and have them check you out." So the ambulance came and they could clearly see that I certainly wasn't having a heart attack <laughs> at that point. I was looked pretty normal and they hooked me up to their machines and they said, well, you know, everything looks fine, but we should take you in because, you know, they could run some tests and just uh, do you should do a COVID test in, in case that's what's wrong. But if you have had a, there's some blood work they could do. If you have had a heart attack, they could decide. So so like five days after the thing, I got I went into the hospital, and sure enough, after some blood work tests, a, a doctor came and sat beside my bed and said, "You know, Mr. Deal, you've you've had a heart attack." And then quickly, Steve, that led to some further tests. Um, uh, within a couple of days, you know, I was I was checked into the hospital. Uh, within a couple of days, I had a, an angiogram, which confirmed that I had some blockages in my heart. Which this all was shocking and surprising to me. I regularly go to the doctor. I've never had high cholesterol uh, or any of the other sort of issues that one would associate with blockages. Um, But, you know, uh, 
nonetheless, uh, I had at least four, they said. And, and then the, the news started piling up because uh, a day later, uh, because I'd done some chest x-rays to uh, check for, um, they were worried of a pleural infusion and they're just sort of seeing what was going on with my heart in general. But the chest x-rays also revealed that I had a, a couple of lesions, one on each lung. And so they, they came one night to give me that news, and which was um, unsettling and, and uh, shocking. Uh, and uh, no one initially said anything conclusive about what it might be, but they said it was of concern and that it would have to be investigated. And then you know, uh, it was another week before my surgery was scheduled and the heart doctor went in and, and actually ended up doing a, a quintuple bypass and removed the larger of the two lesions. Uh, uh, so he did what they colloquially referred to as a twofer on my, on me while he, while I was unconscious. And, um, I recovered well from the, the heart attack within another, uh, I was in the hospital totally about 16 days, but on the day uh, before they released me, they, he did tell me that the test came back from the, what was removed from my lung and it was confirmed to be a form of lung cancer. Again, this was another shock and a surprise because as you may know, I'm not, or never have been a smoker. Um, but I learned um, as many people who get this disease learn that you don't have to be to get lung cancer. And I got what's called um, non-small cell lung cancer, which is sort of a non-smoking lung cancer caused by other things. And so um, was recovering from the heart, heart attack. Um, within a month, I went for a full PET scan and uh, you know, it was determined a, uh, you know, I still had the one in my right lung, and then around the left lung, there was some what looked like other uh, extensions of what was in my left lung uh, with other sites affected. Um, so that was a pretty scary uh, day. Uh, and um, But the heart surgeon had uh, referred me to three oncologists, a medical oncologist, surgical oncologist, and a radiation oncologist. And my wife and I started... Uh, meeting with them, most of it over the phone because of COVID, um, although we did go in and meet directly with the medical oncologist and learned about a new, fairly relatively new targeted therapy medication specific to the kind of lung cancer that I had and the specific genetic marker of my version of that lung cancer. And so that drug I began taking every day as of August 1st of last year, and I am still on it. And it has, uh, it has done a remarkable job to um, clean up a lot of what was around my left lung and uh, shrink a little bit what's in my right lung. So there we are till, till today. <laughs> Other than the, the, the diagnosis, uh, how are you feeling? Yeah. Um, great. I mean, you know, the, the recovery from uh, open heart surgery is, is long. Um, there's a, sort of an initial six-week period, and then you're supposed to start three months of rehab. But because of COVID, they, had to, they weren't able to do that when I normally would have taken it. Um, it got delayed, and um, 
I ended up hearing from them in December and started it in January. And so there was, you know, there, you're learning about nutrition, you're learning about exercise, you're learning about, um, and you're, they're walking you through some exercise. They had to adjust the whole program to deliver it online. That was one of the reasons with the delays, because it was, there's a rehab, uh, you know, center at the University of Toronto, Mississauga campus, which they could not access uh, during COVID. Uh, so um, I've uh, worked on two kinds of recoveries. On the one hand, the heart recovery has gone very, very well. I just passed my one year and, and now uh, my cardiologist says I won't be seeing him for another year. Mm-hmm. He's taking me off some of the meds and, you know, um, and he's, uh, you know, they hooked me up to all the, you know, cardiogram and, and it came out great. And so I'm, I'm cycling and I'm walking eight to 10 K a day and uh, feeling really, really good about that. The other good thing uh, with the medication I'm on for cancer is unlike some of the other treatments, which one day might be in the picture for me, but currently aren't like chemotherapy and radiation and so on, or, or more surgery. um, uh, There's very few side effects to uh, this other medication. So it's not limiting me in terms of things that I can do. So I'm very grateful to all of that. And the whole situation led me to embrace being grateful uh, because You know, my heart surgeon said to me afterwards, he said, you know, you you had a heart attack, but it was very mild, almost like a heart strain. So your heart's actually in great shape. And now you've got all new plumbing. So if this incident hadn't happened, and I'm lucky that I, you know, the five days when I was trying to diagnose myself, which is lesson number one, don't do that. Go to the hospital, get yourself checked out if anything like that were to happen to you. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm lucky that that, because it alerted to the problem that was silently lurking there in my heart, which had to be deal, dealt with. Secondly, if it hadn't happened, I would not have discovered the cancerous growths that were in my lungs. And one of them was com- removed and the other one is, is small and getting smaller. Um, and had that been allowed to continue for uh, who knows another year or two before it was discovered, uh, you know, I might be in a much even worse scenario. So you have to uh, look for the silver linings in these situations and uh, embrace them. Well, part of that, part of that silver lining is that, you know, you've been fairly open with your friends and family and, and everyone telling your story. You know, I've always said that, you know, social media is sometimes the best and the worst place uh, to go. But you've reached a lot of people. You've 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 talked to people, and um, you're very candid. Uh, it's got to be therapeutic to a point. Yeah, I I tell you, um, something struck me about this whole process is, and that is the complete lack of control you have as you're going through it. <laughs> and you know, to have uh, the 16 days in the hospital were difficult because of COVID. Uh, I could not have any visitors. The only exception they made was my wife was allowed to come the morning of the surgery. And, um, you know, so I had a short visit with her prior to the surgery. But other than that, I was waving uh, out my window down to the parking lot to my wife and kids a few times when they would come to visit me there with some signs and stuff. And we'd talk on the phone. Um, But 
so in terms of deciding to share my story broadly, and I've written about it on LinkedIn, and I've been on a couple other podcasts and had articles picked up here and there, we've done some volunteer work with Lung Cancer Canada to, to tell my story as well. Um, that is the one measure of control, and you and I are comms guys and like so having control of the narrative of what's going on is something that we have worked our whole lives in to to have influence the narrative of of stories and so um to me that was the one way uh, thing i could embrace that felt like i had some control uh by just being able to tell the story uh and uh, and, and give some people some things to think about around health, around finance, and around life. Well, I think that people will look at um, or, or hear of someone who's going through some uh, physical or mental challenges. And you kind of get this expectation of how they're going to look or how they're going to be. And I sat across from you at lunch and I looked at you and I went, he looks the same and he's talking in such a very positive way. There's got to be something deep in your, your, your existence that, that, that really that positivity helps in, 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 in healing yourself. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of things, points I'd make. I tell you uh, that were rev- quite, cause when I would imagine myself pre any of this happening. And when I'd see other friends and relatives that were going through very scary health, health concerns, you know, I couldn't imagine myself being able to do it. Like I, I, I don't, I would look at that person and I would go, I, you know, I don't know, but when it, when it does happen to you, you're sort of faced with it. And, you know, I, you know, we, the, we had some really, really tough days, you know, even the, the day I was in the hospital and I, it was only the day after I'd been told that, you know, I'd had a heart attack and I was going to have to have surgery. Then I, they also told me I had these things in my lungs and no one said the word cancer, but of course it's the first thing that came into my mind. And, um, you know, so that was a tough day. The second tough, the, the probably the toughest day was when the, the, uh, surgical, uh, oncologist called us with the results of the PET scan and said, you know, this, you've got stage four with what's going on here. And, you know, cause I, we were thinking, you know, we're not really knowing anything in, in the early days, but that we they'd caught it early and I was stage one and whatever. But, um, so that was a down really dark day, but the next day, to be honest, and this has been the pattern, like, what are you going to do with that? You're not going to sort of, there's no benefit or even, a, uh, to just wallow in the negativity for too long. Uh, and it's not about being in denial either. Cause you know, you're reminded of it every day. I take a pill every day and um, you know, from, for the cancer and I take some heart medication as well. So um, it's, 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 it's about choosing to, you know, embrace positivity and, and um you know, and again, like I'm not burdened by a lot of negative side effects. So if you're not, uh, and it's really, none of us know how long we've got. Uh, and, uh, if you're not living life 
every day, uh, you know, you're, you're going to shortchange yourself because it's just inevitable, inevitably, you know, your ticket gets punched. So I think that's part of it. It's just a generally I'm have been sort of, you know, a jovial, happy person, uh, you know, they're not that I'm not subjective to moods as my wife would confirm, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but generally, uh, I am a positive person and I was kind of pleasantly surprised to see how that kicked in pretty fast. Also, you know, the whole world was going through a thing while I was going through this. So everyone was wrestling with lack of contact with friends and family and, you know, lockdowns and masks and everything else. It was just a weird time to, uh, so on top of all that, um, everyone was kind of looking for positivity in all of this. And so I don't know, maybe I felt a little accountability to sort of stay positive for the people around me too, given that the stress everyone was just generally under last year and continuing into this year. Well, I, uh, like I said, I'm, uh, I'm impressed I'm pulling for you. I thoroughly enjoyed sitting down and having uh, lunch mm-hmm. and chatting because despite all of this, it was something that felt normal. It just felt yeah. like what we could, what we should be doing. Well, and to make the point that lunch, Steve, uh, you and I and another friend and colleague from the same industry was the first time the three of us had actually gone to a uh, uh, you know, a, a restaurant sat, with some, had a beer and a sandwich and, and uh, chatted for what, over a year. Basically. Yeah, no, it, it was wonderful. Well, listen, <laughs> I'm wishing you all the best and uh, we'll have to get into the calendar to book a, a lunch again really soon, but you need to love continue that. to take care and, uh, and yeah. uh, just be the best you, you can be. I will, sir. And thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, thank you. The next phase is on most of the podcast networks. Why it's not on all, I don't know, but I'm trying to do that. I thank Darren for his time and his story. You have an interesting story to tell? Well, look no further than me. You can DM me on Instagram or Twitter or send me an email, uh, stephen.e.key at gmail.com. Until we speak again, have a great and inspiring day.